right, today I'm here with Robert Mangum, and it looks like by the hat you're wearing, you served in the Marine Corps, is that yes, sir? sir. Uh, uh, what years did you serve? 61 to 70. 61 to 70, wow. Did you, uh, were you enlisted, I'm assuming, like out of high school? Or? Yes, I Good. did out of high school, and uh, didn't like too much at first, you know, of course, yeah. rules, regulations, you know, but you learn. Yeah. And... Uh, I had some really good duty. Okay. And uh, so I re-enlisted in, after six years. And was going to make a career out of it, but that didn't work out. So. Did uh, What was your duty? I was a, everything from an 0311, which is a, a rifleman, to a postal clerk, brig guard, assistant warden at the brig. So I had pretty good duty. Work one day, have two days off. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Man, and so it sounds like you were kind of like a jack of all trades, really. Yeah. You learn a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah. And I guess that kind of makes it worthwhile. You kind of get out of that rut of the same old, same old if you could keep challenging yourself. I, yeah. Re-enlisted and put in for Marine Barracks, Charleston, South Carolina. And that's where I went. And, uh, it, you know, like we called it spit and polish. Uh-huh. Everything's shiny, creases, you know, sharp. And a lot of people didn't care for it. But being married, I just go home at night, shine my shoes, shine my cap, you know. My wife would starch all my utilities and press them out for me. And I didn't mind it a bit. I kind of liked it. You got to be home every day. I did. That's a really good 24 thing. 24 on and 48 off. Yeah, that's great. That's great duty. Yeah, and and got to kind of have a, you know, a nor- within the military, a normal family life, it right, sounds like. Right, right. Yeah, to me, that made it a lot easier. Yeah. I didn't have to be there putting up with it 24 hours a day. I, when it was liberty time, I could go home or... Uh, at the Marine Barracks after 24 hours, 8 o'clock in the morning. I was home for two days and come back 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, wow. Do another 24 hours, another 48 hours. And then you go home, sleep Loved for a little it. bit, and yeah. then have, have a little bit of a weekend. Yeah. yeah. If we wanted a long weekend, there was uh, three assistant wardens and three senior escorts, and they worked as teams. And if you want a long weekend, you just ask one of the other escorts or an assistant warden to take your duty. And we would interchange all the time, you know. Man. If you wanted to go somewhere it was quite a ways, you could just do it, you know. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Did you spend any time overseas? I, uh, in 61, about, it was, I can't remember for sure, but it was like June to July in 61, 62 in, in uh, Okinawa, Japan. Then uh, March of '68, went to, or February '68, went to Vietnam. Only lasted a month, but you know, I yeah. was there. <laughs> you, just, you did go for a little yeah. while, huh? Wow. Um, what'd you do when you got out? Worked as a mechanic. Okay. And uh, on farm and industrial equipment. I okay. didn't care for the cars, you know. I, yeah. I worked on them, but I, I enjoyed the farm equipment because I grew up on a farm for a couple of years, so kind of. You got into the, me a little bit. You from this area? No, I'm from Utah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. We we kind of talked a little bit about. I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to say what he said about uh, my team right now because <laughs> I don't want anyone to get mad at him. But uh, anyway, yeah. He you mentioned that earlier. Um, so I would think with working on farm equipment, it'd probably be. A, I wouldn't say easier, but a little bit more cut and dry than working on. Cars oh yeah. Sometimes. I mean, you know, you, cars. You had so much, so much more knowledge. To work on a vehicle, a car, truck, than a, than a, than a tractor, and we done uh, everything from 
Cub Cadet lawnmowers to the big old International 700 series. And uh, of course, yeah, John Deere, two yeah, lawnmowers, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. What do you think about? I was reading an article recently about how old school farm equipment, tractors, trailers, and stuff that are like 30 or 40 plus years old are like the thing that everyone's after because now they're being made with all these computers and things oh, yeah. that are just, just getting destroyed and you got to get updates and all this stuff. And so the old school ones are still working and that's what people want. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest changes that, that when I worked on international come out with a hydrostatic transmission. It was an automatic transmission, and you couldn't get the old farmers to get it through to them that if you hit a hard spot in the ground plowing, you didn't give it more gas, you retarded the transmission and get more power to the brewer wheels and pull through it. And they hated it at first, you know, they killing the engine, killing the engine, and you'd go out and ride with them and see what they were doing, and then they figured it out. Then we had guys... It had gear transmissions, and it, it seemed like every year we had one of their tractors in putting a clutch throwout bearing in it. And you couldn't convince them there's two bolts on a plate. Take one out, loosen the other, flip it out, and there's a greaser sticking down there on a piece of pipe. Grease it. No. Work to run it till the throwout bearing froze up, then keep running it till the fingers were wore out on pressure plate. Then they really get mad because they had to spend all that money to fix it. You know? Man. <laughs> That's cool. My what? grandpa wasn't much different, you know. He'd just run something to it, quit. Then he'd be mad because it quit. I was down uh, hay cutting, and there was a canal. And I was going down towards it, and I went to turn the steering wheel, and it just spun. Something broke, and I had to hit the brakes and flip it around and hit the, you know, and they had two brakes, one left, one right, and hit the left brake, spun it around. And so I didn't go in the canal. Boy, was he mad. And my grandma told him, hey, how old is that tractor? It's 30 years old, things break, you know. And it was just a little steering knuckle, probably $20 part, you know. <laughs> don't break that equipment. No, it's just like hot potato. You don't want it to be you. No. <laughs> Especially if you're playing that game. Well, we just, you know. He was a hard old guy. Yeah. I had a 52 shift hardtop convertible. And I had a, and my Uncle Earl wrecked it rolled it over trying to avoid a cat and they bought a 51 hardtop and my uncle David said hey drive my caddy on dates and stuff if you want and I said okay so I took all the time in the world nobody helped me I just did it myself lowered it all the way down changed the motor and transmission over into another body and stuff you know and uh, but in uh, grandpa would drive that railroad tracks in the county bad and he'd hit that, and the whole body mended just bottom out. <laughs> I'd tell him, Grandpa, you can't do that. And he'd just ignore me. I finally told my grandma, because, I mean, when she spoke, everybody listened. She was the boss. And she says, if you can't drive it like it has to be driven, don't drive it at all. Walk. <laughs> so, you know. You're lucky you had her in your court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured I'd be putting mufflers and what else on all of it before long. That's really cool. Uh, I didn't ask you, why'd you choose the Marine Corps? I don't know. I just went in, and I went in with a friend of mine, Paul Hollinger, and he went. He wanted to go in the Navy, and I thought, oh, Navy sounds okay, and I got in there at the recruiter, the Navy and Marine Corps together, and I thought, nah, I think I'll go in the Marine Corps. I just spur of the moment. Wow. Yeah. And uh, 
One of the best NCOs I ever knew and worked with was a gunnery sergeant, Carroll. And that's when I worked at the brig. He was a hard old nose recon guy. And uh, if he said something, you listened and you did it. And he said, I don't care if you guys filled day the barracks Friday for the colonel's inspection or not. But if you flunk, you will be here Saturday all day. And uh, luckily that they flunked it once. And that day I had duty, so I didn't have to participate in it. But uh, yeah, he come back into the secure area back in the brig and just chewed me out and left. And I thought, wait a minute, I wasn't on duty that day. So I went back up, knocked on his door, and he said, enter. And he was laughing. He says, a look on your face was worth every minute of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the heart worst ones because you never know if they're being serious yeah. or not. They for certain <laughs> went to Vietnam and was killed. Man. And the, one of the good guys. Yeah. And we had a master gunnery sergeant at the same place, and he was just an ass. You know, you come out, we had morning formation, and it was changing over to winter greens. So, of course, you have a full dress inspection. And I had a little tiny piece of thread on one of my buttons. We called them Irish pennants. And he chewed me out one side and the other and wouldn't shut up. And I found myself, instead of holding the rifle this way, I had to went around this. I was going to use a damn club and build him with it. You know, and he looked down. He said, you get mad, lad? I says, you effing right. He said, okay. Went to the next guy. Never said another word to me the whole time we was there. <laughs> but it was just stupid. You know, he was just one of those guys that liked to harass people. Yeah. You know, got enjoyment out of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you got to push back on that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? That's cool. Well, um, thank you for sitting down with me and telling me your story today. And uh, obviously, thank you for your service. And uh, thanks well, thank for coming you. to lunch. I appreciate it. Well, appreciate it. Thanks.